Welcome everybody to the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. New chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Mr. Pop. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. Welcome, guys, to the Something Good For You podcast, where the two of us sift through the bullshit to try to find a little something good to give you each and every single week. I am one of your two co-hosts, Alex Stiff, and across from me is... Captain Nunn, everybody. What's going on on your week uh, listening to podcasts and stuff? Yes. The week after Christmas. Hope everyone got exactly what they wanted. I know I did. Exactly. So, we have a very special guest with us today. Uh, He has... Um, been part of our lives in a very odd way with having shows, and but this consistently stuff. too. Yes, and, and we we definitely want to go and talk a bit more about that. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we have Justin Fireball here with us today. What's up, dudes? Yeah. Uh, What's and up, just man? just to clear the rumors, I am not the new drummer. No. <laughs> so, um, so uh christmas was pretty good I had a lot of fun on christmas yes i had a christmas show it was awesome everybody came oh man Dude. it was it was wild it wild. was it was so wild <laughs> it was uh people and hands and feet and drinks and dude Alex, you fucked up man why'd you miss it nah. <laughs> why'd you miss it dude? i thought i saw you there dude i'm sorry <laughs> you just don't like christmas i guess well yeah. no fuck you know, christmas. new year's is right around the corner so that's <laughs> that is true that is santa true. said fuck you afterwards <laughs> well this show is brought to you by repo record down on commonwealth avenue definitely check them out online at repo record on instagram definitely check them out at www.reporecord.com hit them up for all your used record and new record releases the show is also brought to you by hate energy our energy drink that the fill-ins have been bringing to you for a little over a year now and it's tasty it's tasty and it works Uh we have a fun little music video for it you should definitely check it out on youtube but something we like to ask our guests that come in which is just a fireball what do you hate what do I hate? What do you hate? Um, don't, is this gonna be a two episode deal or what? <laughs> um, How much uh, time we got? <laughs> well, I hate Democrats and I hate Republicans. All right, we're keeping it politic- uh, non political. Uh, <laughs> non political. Right, well, um, <laughs> I hate the new kiss. And when I say new kiss, uh-huh. I, I say kiss. That's the first thing I saw. I looked over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Love Gun album cover thing, Majig. Right. Which is a good album. But anyway, I love that. Album. Um, yeah, it has God of Thunder on it. No, it doesn't. It does. No, it you're doesn't. right. No, Destroyer does. There I'm fucking go. up. I'm fucking up. <laughs> no, fuck Love Gun album. That album sucks. I, fuck oh, you. Hey. <laughs> I, I like Destroyer album better. <laughs> no, you know, I hate Love Gun. <laughs> I hate Love Gun. By, lo- by Love God of Thunder. <laughs> um, now, what do I hate? What do I hate? I don't really hate anything. That's a strong word. I guess uh, millennials. Millennials. <laughs> Even You're in I, that age group. Say, man. I hate myself. <laughs> uh, I hate baby boomers. Um, <laughs> um, uh, let's see. What else do I hate? Probably Oprah. Oprah. <laughs> what uh, has she ever done to you? Block up terrible TV time. I should be watching cartoons or something. <laughs> um, my grandma watched Oprah. I don't know why. She was a racist white woman. I don't know why she watched Oprah. <laughs> 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 
I see what did she I say? Thought. She was one of the good ones, or what? actually, I believe she did say that. <laughs> I have had relatives make mention uh, of the same thing. Um, wow, yeah. What else? I hate, I hate uh, all the construction in Charlotte, dude. Um, holy yeah. shit! Uh, what else do I hate? I hate. Uh, What's that big festival show everybody goes to? Rock Monster Cock something. I don't know. Name it. Oh, the fucking the monsters uh, of. What's the one that's here in uh, Charlotte or uh, or in oh, Rockingham this year? It was Rebellion, but they cost something yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I hate Hold that on. because they charge you like uh, three of your children just to get in to watch a, the one person you want to see play for like fifteen minutes. Right. Um, I'll be honest. With you, I see what I hate. I hate like. Uh, this is going to be weird. It's but the Epicenter Rockingham Epicenter, Festival. Yeah. yeah. Epicenter Rockingham Festival 2019. Yeah. While well, you're plugging it, I don't know. But It's fucking ridiculous. I don't At know. some point, We're... I want to talk about it, but people said they had strong opinions about it, so they need to. Uh, what they need to do is if they have a strong opinion about that festival, give us a call on our voicemail hotline, 513-463-7439, and let us know what you truly think about that festival. Sorry to interrupt. I'm going to call ahead. it right now. I'm on the show. <laughs> 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 um, sorry to interrupt, but go ahead. Nah, uh, I just hate. I, I know Kiss falls in this category, but as I'm getting older, I hate really, really, really commercialized music. Right, and it isn't yeah. me trying to be like a hipster, hipster or a punker. It's just that, like, um, I don't know, man. Music's kind of. I find myself not even listening to newer bands. Like everything I listen to is probably from the seventies and eighties. Do you ever yeah. do you even listen to like terrestrial radio or anything like that? Like any of the local radio stations at all? Uh, okay, I do listen to one of the six point five. Okay, because I do like, even though I don't call that rock and roll. Right, <laughs> they call it alternative rock, but it's not rock in my no. book. I do like some of those style of bands. Like I like Arctic Monkeys. I'm mm-hmm. okay. I can get behind the, that. the newer stuff or the older stuff. Both of it. See, they started losing me with their newer stuff. I like their old shit, like that, uh, the one with the guy smoking on the front cover, the whatever it's called. Smoking. So rock and roll. <laughs> so rock and roll. I can't think of the name of it either. I'm a, I'm a yeah, it's, it's got some really good songs on it, but like, uh, didn't they write that song, You Only Call Me When You're High or something? Yeah. yeah. I didn't care for that. That was a big departure from what they had done before. I don't like I that tune either, but the single they teased off that, la- that uh, last record was pretty cool. I may have missed that. But um yeah I like I like that and I like uh there's this band called Group Love I know of Group that I've Love list, I I've bought all their albums I'm such a fanboy I've seen them twice live and it's so weird because when I go to the shows it's like me and a bunch of fifteen year old girls. <laughs> so well, how's that different from any other Friday night for you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so weird because like everybody thinks I'm somebody's dad. Like I think I'm there. Like, where's your daughter at? I'm, like, yeah. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm here, here by myself. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm in that one episode of uh, that King of the Hill episode where. I don't know if you guys ever watched King of the Hill. But, uh, oh, I don't watch it at all. Where no. Hank, where Hank goes to the boy band concert. Oh, because uh, because he get he oh it was the uh, one where he's screening the records and yeah, he doesn't yeah, yeah. listen to it all the way through. Like he stops it right before yeah. it goes into that. Oh yeah. So he likes it. So he goes to the concert and then when they do their typical boy band shit, Bobby's the one getting grinded on. Bobby's grinding. For a second, but then by the time Hank makes his yeah, way yeah. down the stairwell, the chick that he was at the show with is like grinding on him, and he's like popping his ass and everything. It's like I watched half of that episode the other day. I hadn't finished, and it's been a while since I've watched that particular one too. But it was just on. I, How I, do you watch half of episode? I had right? stuff going on. It's twenty two minutes long. 
like I said, 30 with commercials. I have a band. I have a podcast. I have a job. But he doesn't have do. time to finish an episode, just like he doesn't have time to say hi to you. In the last episode, <laughs> he was going on about how he doesn't have time to say hey to a girl at a bar because all, and all this other shit. Because he's recently single and he's back I didn't on say Tinder. I like that. I didn't. All right, hold on, hold on. Let's, 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 let's set this up a little better. So he's, he's recently back on Tinder, and I was asking him what his game was. You know, for zero. You know, like, like the introducing. <laughs> Introducing himself, you know, through the app. And basically, he just, any of his answers were just a regurgitation of a form of what I was given an example of. So I really didn't get much out of him. And I'm still the, getting back into it. My, my, I got my toes in it. Dude, did you just go through puberty? <laughs> I'm still getting back into it. I'm turning to Charlie Day over here. <laughs> so. Throughout all this, I was telling him, I was like, well, you got to keep me updated now on your exploits and what's going on through um, Tinder. Yeah. How many chicks you finger banged? <laughs> in the past we're in high school. What are we in high school? <laughs> well, it's a good way to. It's a great a way time. to say hi. <laughs> Dude, I'll be honest with you. I'm probably going to finger bang at least three girls a night. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even saving it for New Year's. You're getting it out of the way now. Well, I'm, I'm going to try to eat some pussy on New Year's. I <laughs> Okay, uh, part of the fun of Tinder is going on is uh, reading profiles and finding all the more ridiculous entries that you find on there. Like this one person right here uh, is hiding her face with a with a smiley face Let emoji. Me see that. What is that? There you go. That was some big old titty. What's <laughs> <laughs> her name? Angel twenty six. Her name is Angel, and it says in her uh, description, "Hi, inexperienced sub looking for a dom, eager to be trained." Smiley face. Definitely not looking for just a hookup. I promise I have all of my teeth. <laughs> uh, I can get down with that. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I find it funny that she ask. actually has to put the clarification of, and I have all my teeth. <laughs> but what if, what if your kink is for no teeth? Like, cause you're from Tennessee, right? So ain't that like your thing? Like, no teeth in Tennessee? Sure, <laughs> that's what we do in Nutbush. <laughs> Nutbush. You from a town called Nutbush? There's a town that's uh, literally like ten minutes away from uh, my parents' house called Nutbush, Tennessee. And fun fact, Tina Turner is from Nutbush, Tennessee. No, really? Yeah, she even wrote a song about it. Bob Seger has covered it and everything, too. It's called Nutbush City Limits. <laughs> this is a place I want to go. <laughs> Where are you from, Nutbush? <laughs> Sounds they, like a place you'd want to be mayor. <laughs> there's yeah, there's nothing the in it. Well, the governor know, th of Nutbush. Thanks, thanks to Nutbush is how, I, how I, I came to be a person. <laughs> you know, a little bit of nut in the bush. Here I am. <laughs> well, if you, well, if you got in the bush, you missed. Well, some of my well, some of my brothers and sisters are probably in the bush. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't. I'm just assuming my mom had a bush. I don't know. It was, it was the early '80s. I was gonna say, so, how close of a relationship did you have then? Apparently, well, the funny well thing, you see. Well, see, the funny thing is, I was like face deep in it one time. I Wait, what? I was born, wasn't I? So oh. I came out of the vagina. So I was, I came out of it. Oh my god! I just don't remember. It was a wild time in my life. I blocked most of that out. Nobody was. They didn't have. They didn't have iPhones taking pictures of it and yeah. stuff like that at the time. Me, I think on on that particular day on May the second, nineteen eighty four, I'm just chilling in my house, probably warm and cozy, doing my thing like I've always been doing since I existed. 
And all of a sudden, somebody snatches me out of my fucking house. There's a pussy in my face. Everybody's screaming. Some guy's got scissors, you. cuts my eating tube off, and then doctor beats me. And I'm just chilling then in I the start, uterus. Shine a bright just, light uh, in your eye. Then I had to start walking and getting a job, and that's life. And here I am I just talking want, about. I just want my first apartment again. I get up. <laughs> I figure out what wrestling is. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to have to go into all of that. Well, you probably don't have this problem because as uh, the listening audience have now seen, uh, you were definitely a riot. You're a laugh and a half. Basically, whatever pops in your head, you basically just blurt it out. I'm trying to be two laughs, not just a laugh and a half. <laughs> Come on, man. But for the normies out there, which I have to fall in play of that sometimes because I have to deal with the public a lot, there's a lot of thoughts that pop in my head throughout the week that I just may not really blurt out. Well, instead of just keeping to myself and not really sharing them, I've been jotting them down to my phone. And this is a little segment called Keep Your Thoughts to Yourself. You actually need to quit doing that so close to me saying self, because it is a bitch to get you cut out of that. Fair enough. <laughs> so we have like segment music, because I don't think you've actually listened to the show, have you? I listen, I'm a weekly listener, baby. I love all y'all stuff. <laughs> the, the one about this thing, and the one about the other thing you did, and that one about the stuff, and the one about, you know, I can't remember what it's called. What Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just going to be flying by the seat of your pants and having some fun with us. Uh, real quick, though, just because uh, I got two of them here, and I want to see which one I want to pick. Uh, do you play video games much at all? No. <laughs> no. Okay, cool. I'll save that one for another day then. All right. So, in the collecting world, you can actually purchase platinum and gold records from bands like Elvis, Kiss, the Rolling Stones, and you can have it personalized with your actual name on it. I'm sure you've seen those like in those Myrtle Beach rock shops. They've got them hanging up on the wall, you know, like in the kind of borderline have y'all seen think, those yeah. at all? Hard yeah, rock. all the time, dude. Down there in Shut the uh, fuck up, Fireball. Tell the truth. County. Tell the truth. No, I've never heard of it. Have you, seen you've, it. you've never seen bands selling like replicas of like their platinum and gold records? Like you've never seen an Elvis platinum record that's not really for a specific album, just for sale somewhere? No, I don't think I have. I I've seen that shit online I was like, even. I, I was like Hard Rock does stuff like that, and I know people uh that can you know radio that have like uh, friends that get their like their version of it everything too that their friend hooks them up with and stuff are like you that trying too. to say that my grandma didn't really have that original single hit i want to hold your hand by the beatles in her kitchen oh man <laughs> that's what you trying to say you trying to say my grandma got swindled <laughs> oh the revelations damn it <laughs> no i'm i'm trying to pull it up okay yeah say like this see you can purchase this to put on your wall it's a it's just an Elvis live in concert or an Elvis in concert record and it's made to look like the official certificate that they receive for selling a certain amount of records. You can purchase this to put it on your wall and you can even have this plaque right underneath it personalized with your name on it. Sounds kind of narcissistic. I was gonna say, what is the I was like, point? Why? Of that? Yeah, why would it's not it's not your award. You didn't yeah. do jack shit. So yeah, that's Elvis's award. It's a fake. But then uh, my name's on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the hell did you do? Listen to it on Spotify five times? It's like, you didn't do anything to contribute to get that platinum it's record. Like, were you friends with Elvis? Well, no, but... 
I have a question. Speaking of Elvis, um, what is your favorite Elvis song? Hmm. What was the one um, we were actually wanting to do back when Adam was in the band? He wanted to do uh, Trouble, I think. Yeah. Definitely Trouble. I, I, I love the groove of that. It's just a good classic. Fireball looks confused for he those is. listening. I, I like it. <laughs> I'm not mocking you. I like that teddy bear song he's got. That teddy bear song? Oh, yeah. Teddy bear's a good one, too. That's probably that's, I'll put that up there with one of my, one of my favorites. Oh, let me be. Your yeah, teddy bear. Yeah, shook up's yeah. pretty good. I like to drive and listen to all shook up because like the the riff and music to it, it makes me feel like I'm Christian Slater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, to me, he's cool, or he was cool when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, he's pretty cool in Archer now. Yeah. You ever seen uh, True Romance? Once, a long time ago. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. It's one of those. It's like one of the every, uh, a lot of people's darling movie and stuff like that too. Yeah. I recommend you watch it. Gary Oldman's pretty cool as a. Gangster in that one too, with his like uh, he has like a ghetto his accent name is, and everything uh, what's, in it. What's his name? I forget. Drex. Yeah, Drex, Drexel? actually, yeah, Drexel, something like that. He's oh. like a, a wigger or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Gary Oldman where he's like he's all decked out in like chains and has long hair it's and called, face tattoo, called, and he's like, it's "What's called, up?" It was like, "No, I'm saying and stuff." Dude, like that. he he was he was the first like modern rapper now. Really, yeah, dude. he's the first like trap rapper. <laughs> Seriously, Gary Oldman is post Malone in uh, that movie. He had, he, he had that drip. <laughs> you know what kids call it? Drip? What I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> it's like gold and stuff, like Mr. T gold. Oh, the oh. dookie the dookie rag. The I think it's called a, I think it's called dookie what? rag. Yeah. If you read uh Ben uh Ben Westhoff's uh book about what? rap and stuff like that, they call them dookie ropes. No dookie ropes. Dookie ropes? That, that the run DMC chains are called dookie ropes. That sounds that terrible. I, it does, but that's what that's what, what do you call the silver one? I don't know. So, <laughs> a pukey rope? We just we just had somebody with us uh, verify that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's nuts. Danielle with the uh, produce with the production. And that's such a rabbit there. hole to go down uh, when you're just talking about purchasing uh, a replica <laughs> platinum and gold record right? from a band. So I guess in the end, that's maybe a thought I should have kept to myself. <laughs> what was your thought? Just, keep, <laughs> just the, just the first part. Oh, well, segment's over. Speaking about Dookie, um, nah. <laughs> well, good, good Green Day album. It is a good it's Green decent. Day album. It's decent. Not the biggest Green Day fan. I, pre- I appreciate the, uh, their other ventures better, like Foxborough Hot Tubs. I ain't going yeah. to say I love it, but uh, when I was a kid, which would have been when they was in their, well, I guess they're still pretty big. Um, this has been like a 94 to 98 and they're just starting to blow up. They well, were like, been that stuff was like deep. tremendously good. But also, I was like ten at the time, so yeah. I'm not sure if that same kind of music would have came out today if mm-hmm. I would enjoyed it. But 10, 11, 12 year old me really dug it. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm still learning the bass licks from uh, Mike Dirt and everything too, because I've always been a fan of his style and his playing too as a bass player. Oh, he's a great bassist. I enjoy his bass playing at least. Yeah. Well, one of the new segments we always bring, try to bring up music news, and you know, just, sometimes there's not really that much interesting shit really going on anymore. So this week we're going to debut hopefully a new segment, and I've kind of looked in advance, and this seems like this is actually going to be pretty good. Uh, since this is a weekly show, we're going to do the top five music news in history. On this for the day, week, I yeah. So, so instead day. of like an on this day, okay, I, I totally fucked up explaining it. I was like, of history. Yeah, it's like a top five music history okay. this week. Lay it on me. 
All right. So do you do you want to? I, I kind of mixed it in. I didn't want it to all be cheery or all be positive things, but it's all just music things that happened throughout the week from December twenty third all the way from December 29th. All right. This is like give me one topic. We'll spend. Three minutes talking about it. Then the next one, next one, next one, next one. All right. Well, in 1995, Chuck Berry was arrested after taking 14-year-old Janice Noreen, who is unbeknown to Berry, is working as a prostitute across the state line. He was sentenced to five years jail time after racist comments by the judge. Berry was freed. Oh, shit. <laughs> Start, um, starting off hot there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call... Because uh, Chuck Berry has had quite a checkered uh, past yeah. all the way up to his death. Not exactly well, the greatest human ever. First of all, I'm going to say that that's called rock and roll. Um, second, he did have a song called Dingaling. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. No, you, you're not going to argue with uh, Chuck Berry's contribution to rock and roll in general overall and how he's an un, uh, undeniable godfather of it. But. Well, <laughs> well I was going to say real quick, this is a twofer. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you two back to back, and it's going to be kind of in the same vein because in the same week, in the same week, in 1989, a former chef at the Chuck Berry-owned restaurant Southern Air stated in court proceedings against Berry, allegating that the singer had installed secret video cameras in a lady's toilet. A further 200 other women also took action, claiming that the recordings were used improper for uh, distribution. Well, first of all, you said, what year was this again? 1989? This yeah. was 89. Okay, so I remember that story. If Chuck Berry's putting cameras in the bathroom in 1989... Yeah. They wasn't no fucking secret. Those cameras had to be well. Here's the thing: shit. So where I got this from, I just copied it exactly from what I understood. They were kind of hidden in the panels. Like still had to be a big ass like frame sticking like a. Well, Chuck Berry had money too, so he probably could afford a little state of the art cameras like that too. He was having restaurants and stuff like that. The state of the art camera was still like two foot long. Well, okay. Well, here's the thing though. So you're maybe talking about uh, cameras that are battery operated or, you know, travel cameras. This is like a hardwired security camera, dude. I mean, they can easily, they can hide that in the ceiling. No, and that's a legit fact that it all happened. I know it happened. I I remember hearing about when I was a kid. I remember when it happened. (laughs) I was like, nah, they trying to frame Chuck because he's black. I ain't do that. (laughs) Chuck Berry and Bill Cosby in the eighties, just plotting stuff out together. And (laughs) Bill Bill Cosby was just more sneaky. (laughs) Chuck well, I think uh, Bill Chuck Cosby probably just had more money. <laughs> that's, that's probably true, too. You got to think, by the 80s, Chuck Berry had already made a shit ton of mistakes. He probably was low on funds by then. Yeah. Like, he was already getting busted for being a creep like in his peak in the 50s and everything, too. Well, as a positive, we're going to go ahead and just move on. Uh, <laughs> wait, before we leave, can we all say one good thing about Chuck? Is that, is that a possible? Really I mean, great music. Yeah. I mean, very I, influential. I stole all my licks from on guitar from him. That's the, the a Chuck Berry style solo is the only kind of guitar solo I can play. Um, what were you gonna say? I like that Rudolph song he does. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, it, uh, on this week in 1956, Elvis Presley made chart history by having ten songs on the Billboard Top 100 for the week ending in December 19th. Damn it, Elvis! Got to steal the show all the time, don't you? <laughs> right. Got to outdo everybody. <laughs> but was he number one? I'm not sure. This was just saying it within this week. Uh, he made chart history by having 10 songs on the Billboard Top 100. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. That's, right? I ain't really got anything to say about it. I was just <laughs> there you go. I was just like, huh, good for him. <laughs> and this week in 1977, the Sex Pistols played their last ever UK gig until 96 before splitting at an uh, Ivanhoe's in Huddersfield? 
these whatever. damn UK names. It was a charity performance before the audience of primarily children. Was that the one where he, uh, they did no fun and then Johnny Rotten essentially says, fuck everybody, we're done? I'm not sure. It says their last ever UK gig. I think they did their final show in the US. Oh, okay. I think, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Cause, I'm pretty sure about yeah. that. I don't know a lot about the Sex Pistols. I mean, I know like the basic minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, have you guys heard the story um, about how uh, Sid Vicious got kind of manhandled by Freddie Mercury? I've seen stories I, of Freddie Mercury like calling him names and stuff like that. Yeah. Apparently, this is what I've heard, so I wasn't there, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so they're recording somewhere in London or some crap like that. And uh, in the same studio, I guess. Like, Queen's in one studio and down the halls of Sex Pistols. Right. And apparently, Sid Vicious was well known for being a total, like, this asshole. He was a junkie. So and so like, he walked in one day and was, like, making fun of Freddie Mercury for being kind of feminine and bringing opera into rock and roll. Right. And so Freddie Mercury was like, whatever you say, Simon Ferocious. Yeah. And like, oh, I, I remember that. that. And like grabs him by the coat and throws him out of the fucking thing. Wow. So. Yeah, I've seen the quote go around where Freddie's just like, yeah, I called Sid Vicious Simon Ferocious once. He didn't really like it. <laughs> I remember hearing about that. I, did, I didn't know about him uh, manhandling afterward, but yeah. Well, apparently from what I've heard, I, this, I know the movie just came out and shit, but before the movie came out, I'm a really big Queen fan mm-hmm. because growing up, my dad, all I ever listened to was Queen and ZZ Top. Nice. Oh, so that's all I knew what music was until I was like seven. I thought it was just Queen and ZZ Top's all that existed. Well, there, I was kind of under the same thing. All, all I really thought that existed was uh, Kiss and Ozzy. What, there's more than that now? <laughs> <laughs> well, on this week in 1945, Lemmy was born. <laughs> really? Yes. Right on. Huh. Well, happy birthday, Dead Lemmy. <laughs> He's not dead. He's not dead. That's a myth. He's just God now. Rock and roll don't die, baby. And he is rock and roll. When you like, when you think of rock and roll, like mm-hmm. in my mind, it has to be like Lemmy that comes to mind. Like if there was like a, a a definition of rock and roll, a picture of it in the dictionary, it'd be just like him standing there, like smoking a cigarette. I don't know. I almost envision Iggy Pop first. Not any disrespect to Lemmy. Oh boy, here uh, we go. Mine, oh, what? What do you have to say too. about Iggy Pop? Who do you think went in a fight? Oh, a fist fight? Yeah. Th- well, that's completely irrelevant. Of course, Lemmy, because Iggy's just a fucking stream being. Okay, who, which artist has been playing when you've had sex the most? Iggy's got a good groove. I mean, yeah, you could go, because Iggy's catalog is diverse enough to where he had enough. But you, you know, burner jams, when too. you're banging, who, what music's playing the most? Is Between it Motorhead, or is it. The Stooges or whatever. I don't know, man. If uh, if she's getting into I Want to Be Your Dog, I would definitely go Stooges. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> now I want to be your doggy style. <laughs> well, when I have sexual relations with a beautiful lady, I prefer to put on some motorhead. My, my image of rock and roll is Pete Townsend doing the windmill. Ooh, that's another good one. And I don't know. It, would Elvis not be... The vision of rock and roll, he's technically the king. Nah. <laughs> I mean, he's rock and roll, but... Lemmy wrote his shit. Yeah, Lemmy, <laughs> Lemmy's real rock and roll. Like, Elvis is a rock and roll that your mama, you know, listens to. Lemmy's a rock and roll that, uh, you know, the angels listen to. All right, well, I, I wasn't even going to use this, but since, since we're kind of comparing different rock and roll things, I've been saying this for a minute. I don't consider Queen rock and roll. I'm out. I consider it. What about Stone Cold Crazy? That's rock and roll. 
That's almost like borderline metal. I was going to say, well, there are a few exceptions, but a lot of the songs are Freddie Mercury with what sounds like his backing band. I consider it more of a singer-songwriter and Freddie shining and really showing who he is than it really being a rock band. So I'm not saying it as disrespect. I'm saying it almost as calling them rock and roll is disrespectful, that they're almost more than that. Well, they had – well, all four members had – Equal contribution. I mean, Freddie put well, together all like the orchestration parts and all that too. But everybody had equal, you know, input for the most part. My thing when I think of the term, just because you know, rock and roll is such a big umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many different styles of rock and roll, and this isn't me just jumping on, on the Motorhead bandwagon. But Motorhead had so many different styles they would play, you know, because. Were, were they punk? Were they rock and roll? Were they metal? What, what, Let me just want to be in a rock and roll band. Don't we all? Just... But the music came off that appealed to punk audiences, heavy metal audiences, yeah, rockabilly audiences. I mean, Motorhead might be the only band that everybody can agree on in that genre of music that's okay. Yeah, like no, that. That really that one. It seems like Metallica seems to be the other one that kind of crosses the streams. I don't know. Even metal fans get pissed off at Metallica. Classic Metallica. <laughs> well, yeah. Right. Dude, that Rod Lighten album is one of the best things I've ever heard in my life. Really? See, every, That's I my usually, favorite album. I, I usually lean toward Master. Master and that, Kill that Em That is all. the most common one everybody says, but for me, and this is just me personally. Damage Incorporated is such a good thrasher. Battery is like the best opener of all of them. I'll give it that. My first introduction to Metallica was I was a kid when the Black Album came out. So, obviously, the first song I ever heard of Metallica was Enter Sandman. Right. So, when I was like 12 or 13, I went to go buy my first Metallica album. I didn't know there was like more than one album. Yeah. I was like, well, they got a bunch of albums out. Okay, cool. So, I just grabbed one. Mm-hmm. And I grabbed Ride the Lightning, put it in, and uh, I was like. That was your first one that blew you. And, yeah. and I think, I might be wrong, but I think the first song is Trapped Under Ice. It's on the album. No, the first one's Fight Fire. Fight Fire. Fire. Yeah, okay, yeah, Trapped yeah. Under Ice is number two then, right? Uh, Ride the Lightning is number two. I think Trapped Under Ice is after Fade to Black. I could be Pull wrong. it up real quick. Pull up the I'm track. It up I'm curious. Anyway, I remember hearing the song Trapped Under Ice, and I was reading the book, the lyrics of yeah. the album. And the lyrics were Trapped Under Ice. I was like, dude, this is so. Like this crazy, <laughs> you know, about being trapped under ice. And then it's like, yeah, that album was just all up was we got all about fight, different fire, ways fire. to die. Riding the lightning, being trapped under ice. <laughs> Cap was right. Trapped under ice comes after Fade to Black. Huh. Oh yeah, I forgot what they call the. I can't even say that last word right. Never could. So while we're here, let's get y'all's opinion. All right. The last track, the call of what? Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Yeah. I was wrong all along. Did you say Cthulhu? Yep. <laughs> I think Morgan says Cthulhu also. I just never knew. And I, my plan was if I ever met anybody with Metallica, I was going to ask them. That's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's always 50-50 with uh, whoever says what a particular way <laughs> that you can get away with. Well, that was... T- I-, I love how uh, you were so annoyed with me about the whole Queen comment. I kind of set you guys up because I know that's controversial. So I kind of set you guys up. And y'all didn't even like bite on it. You're just like, I'm out. And then you're like, well... But anyway, Motorhead, yeah. like, you, you didn't even touch that. Well, we, well, we, we know what Queen is, and your opinion doesn't matter. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, Queen is Queen. They got some 
metalist songs. They got some, I don't know what the fuck he's talking some about Monty, songs. Some I know, Monty, and I see Monty that as a singer-songwriter kind of yeah. thing, because a singer-songwriter will do a lot of those different sort of styles on a record. So you're saying like they're uh, just a singer-songwriter band that ha- has good rock and roll songs, yeah, and not but, 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 as opposed to being just a rock and roll band? Because they're more than, I think... That's exactly that what I more said. There's so much yeah, more than do, a rock and roll band. Like, it almost uh, feels disrespectful saying they're just a rock and roll band. Yeah, I agree with that. Because yeah, if you do stuff like, uh, what is it, Crazy Little Thing Called Love, I mean, if you didn't know anybody, you would think that was Elvis. A lot yeah. of people did think that yeah. was an Elvis song. Even so like, that 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 sounds completely different than We Will Rock You or Bohemian Rhapsody or Fat Bottom Girls or Bicycle for Love of God. I yeah. love that song. <laughs> but, but again, all of those different examples, all of that feels like different singer-songwriter stuff. Bicycle doesn't even have a guitar in it. It does. It's just in if the it, middle if part. If it is, it's very buried. There's actually no, a, it's just very layered. <laughs> there's a song that they have. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. It's called uh, Radio Gaga. Yeah, and that's like 80s synth popping. Yeah. I never really like... But there's a sound that's in there, and I've seen them on you know, on you know, footage. I was not in real life. Play that song live, and there's a sound they make. And I don't know how they make that sound. It's... <laughs> That's somebody behind the curtain pushing buttons, I think, when they were they do like the live aid stuff playing Radio Gaga and all that. But everything I've seen, I mean, it could be a bass with a pedal. I mean, I don't know how they, I've always wondered how they do it. I've been yeah. trying to like watch and see, but Yeah, there's bands will do that every now and then where they'll have like the four members up front and then they'll have people behind the curtain doing keyboards and stuff oh, like yeah, that too. Definitely. That's pretty common. Oh yeah, so that might have been what it was to not Motorhead, out the, not uh, Motorhead, exactly, not Motorhead. <laughs> you get a three piece, maybe a four if somebody's sick that night, and all those amps are on. Oh yeah, now that was the thing. So we caught that show that they were doing with Anthrax uh, a few years back. It was like literally a few weeks before he died. Yeah, they were playing the over last here time they played Fillmore, Charlotte. I think wasn't it Fillmore? Yeah, it was the Fillmore. Did you not? You know I, I remember. I, I didn't go. And it was a weird thing because we were nervous going into it, going, I hope Anthrax, you know, you know, doesn't wind up being the highlight of the night because every, everyone had been talking about Lemmy being sick. Yeah, as good and as we Anthrax is. Well, but we were nervous too. about we were, it going into it, like, oh, God, well, I, I hope, you know, this is one of those shows left and right leading up to it. Yeah, so we knew that we were getting a rough and shape Lemmy, and we were just like, oh, no, I hope, I hope you don't walk away going, Anthrax was the better band of the night. And it was such a weird thing because Anthrax felt tighter and closer to the record, but Motorhead still had such a sound and vibe and feeling to it when they played. It was still powerful. It was nothing can touch it. There was there's nothing else like Motorhead. Period. Nah, there's e- not. even even when Lemmy's on his damn deathbed, we were enjoying every See, single damn song. I wanted to go to that show. And uh, it was like 2014, maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah. Because there was a chick I was messing with at the time, and uh, she had bought tickets. She bought one for her, and then one for whoever. And I just happened to be at the time that whoever. Right. Oh yeah, we were messing around. <laughs> but I didn't go because I was like, you know, I'm just some guy you're messing with, and you should take somebody that's your friend that in case we don't work out because chances are we won't work out. Right. You know, we only talk like two or three weeks. So I was like, take somebody that's like your real friend. So when Years pass, you can look back and say, me and my friend went to that show. No, that's when you go, all right, thanks for the ticket. Well, see you later. <laughs> Work your way Well, I wish I would have now. <laughs> but I was trying to be a nice guy. I was like, you know, take one of your friends with you. I, you know, you, you and your friend will enjoy it more than me and you being there because I don't really know you that well. It just, you know, me, me talking about getting drunk, watching motorhead and going home trying to bang you. Right. 
which <laughs> if I can go back in time, I would totally do all those things. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's been a pretty good introduction for you. I think the uh, listening audience has really gotten a feel for who Justin Fireball is. Well, let's go ahead and uh, kind of delve on into the main root and the main meat of this episode and the main reason I wanted to have you here, which is, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we have had the extreme pleasure of playing what is called a Fireball Wrestling Show. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about what a fireball wrestling show includes? Well, it's a show with my name stapled on it. Clearly. And it's got (laughs) wrestling and music. Well, what else, man? Come on. You are like the ultimate fucking promo guy. And I'm like that's the, opening the floor to you to uh, like really like the description whip of a your movie dick out and fucking plop like it on the damn table. And here you are just wimping out on me. Now, come on, Fireball. Um, what the hell is this bullshit? It was a night of thunder in the clouds. There we go. It's more like it. I was sitting on the porch smoking a cigarette. Yes. When a three-headed beast approached me. Oh, Lord. And said, you must go and do this thing called Fireball's Grind House. I said, uh, I thought this was a cigarette. What am I smoking? <laughs> no, it was just an idea that I had. of. Uh, basically, it came about because... Wait, what am I supposed to be doing again? Fireball Wrestling. What the hell is it? Oh, Tell us about it. I don't really know what to say about it. It's your fucking show, and how many of the goddamn things did you do? You did, like, fucking one every two to three months there for a good every two other month. to three years. Yeah. Every other month for two and a half years. Okay, it was an so, event. How, so you did that. You did theoretically. All right, this is, the, this is, this is, a, this is what I'm going to talk about. It. What I'm going to say about it. Get my words right here. So I'm a professional wrestler. Mm-hmm. In my younger days, I used to play music. Um... I'm also somewhat of a stand-up comedian, and I'm also somewhat of a sideshow act, and I do uh, burlesque. So I, <laughs> yes, he does. So I've met Mikey. A, knows he he met your sister. He did. She's, she's a hoe. Faux <laughs> show. <laughs> um. So when we doing those five things in my life, I've met so many different people that just spreads out over that network, right? Right. So when I started getting a lot of success in wrestling, I got to the point where I was getting booked like every weekend, like mm-hmm. every Friday and Saturday night, which is when most of your burlesque shows is, most of your rock shows, music shows, right. you know, side shows, comedy shows, all that. So I was never getting to see my friends or hang out with my friends or see any of those other aspects of that I like. Mm-hmm. So I came up with this idea to do a show where I mix all those together, where I could like see my friends play music. They could see me wrestle because at the same time, all those people I made friends with could never come see me do those things because they were playing music or doing their own thing. Yeah. So I got to the point where I was like, well, I was kind of want to hang out with my friends and I like drinking beer and watching music. I like wrestling. I like comedy. I like girls. I like, you know, some people stick stuff in each other. Um, <laughs> like and also goes with, where? Well, with girls, I like to put a penis <laughs> in them, you know. <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> um well, it's there. That's that. So yeah, I put all those things together, and that's what came out. You want to include all your friends in one, yeah, one spot yeah. that are entertainers. Yeah. Plus, I love wrestling, and I, wrestling gets such a shit bag because of the whole, you know, quotations. It's fake. It's not real. And for me, 
to hate wrestling because it's fake is the dumbest reason to hate it. Yeah. Because anything you watch on TV is fucking fake. 100%. And, and yeah. coming, and I think it, and because of the people you book being musicians and comedians and burlesque dancers, everyone understands that concept of it's a show, it's an act, it's a performance. Yeah, you're sure. an entertainer, you're here to entertain your audience. You're, it's the exact same thing as if you're a comedian. This happened the other day. Bullshit. You've been practicing this set for a year. You said that didn't that, happen to you the other day. You said that in the last 10 towns you was just in. Yeah, yeah right? You know, It's an uh, art form. It's it, it's theater. Exactly. So I, so I think that you're going to find a lot more musicians and actors and comedians that understand the whole wrestling aspect and how it technically is real because you're not putting fake blood on your head. You're not taking fake blows to, you know, to your back. You're not, there's, I felt that fucking pad. It's barely a fucking pad. When you get slammed on that mat, it hurts. Yeah. That shit is still real. I think a lot of people, I don't know where this came from, but I've heard this so many times. I've always heard people say, oh yeah, that ring is like a trampoline. There's springs underneath it. No. And I was like, what? That makes no sense. I have watched you construct the stage at both Tremont and outside at that one Mandyland thing. There are large pieces of fucking plywood that hold that thing yep. together. That's all that's underneath that. I tell people the y'all don't fuck around. And the thing is, is if you watch those really big national like TV sponsor like WWF things, watch their feet when they stomp their foot. It's making a loud noise. That's what they're hitting. It's not well, comfortable. People, I've heard this one too. Oh man, they just put mics under the ring to make it sound louder. And I tell people, I said, no, dude, think about it. Your ring is like a snare drum. Mm -hmm. So when you hit it, that sound travels underneath. It has to go somewhere. Yeah. So it echoes yep. out. Because yeah. a lot of places, if you play drums, you ain't even got a mic to the snare. No. That snare is loud as shit. You can hear yeah. it from miles away. Like, think about a marching band. You know, fuckers a mile away practicing. Yeah. But uh, where was it going this tantrum? Oh, we were oh, just, we're just talking, talking about the fireball shows in general. Oh, yeah. And you were just say, defending, you know, just talking about not being able to tolerate yeah. people saying it was fake. But, um, what was I saying? And with the wrestling, uh, with the matches y'all would do anyway, y'all put a lot of work into getting those. Get y'all's getting y'all's matches set up and everything too. So let's use... back up just a little bit because I actually yeah. want to talk about a few of the matches specifically. But uh, so you were already doing that at Tremont, and we were playing shows at Tremont. I don't think I'd really met you. How did we really come across your radar? Because I don't think I'd really met no, you prior to those shows. I don't know because I, I remember. Was it maybe? I remember meeting Ariel. Were you having maybe some of the? Um, I don't remember. How were you having Ariel or some of the dancers reach out and find bands? Because I'm the one that pushed her to do the things she was doing. Yeah. Because I knew her from me and her used to kind of mess around back in the day, and we met in college. Look, we're just going to assume any film you talked about. You <laughs> so every story with starts. Back in the day. <laughs> so there's this chick I used to not. Nah, me and her knew each other from back in college. Yeah. Um, I think, how did you guys come to the mix? I can't remember. Maybe just John, because by that point we we're Playing John Hayes and our not regularly. No, it wouldn't have been John, because um, I didn't even know John that well until like, I was really into it. Because and the, at the time Taylor was booking. I think actually now that I'm thinking about it, I went to one show prior. You had uh, Clayton do a segment. Okay, I remember and that I went being to that event so I could see Clayton do his little piece, and that was at Tremont. You know. That might that might have been when you met me, 
And then you probably reached out added to me. me. Added you on Facebook yeah. after that. And you probably asked, hey, I'm doing one of my events. Is there a band that wants to do it? And I may have reached out to you at that point. You know, I think it was. Cause I think the first one you ever did, I threw y'all on as open and act. Yeah. You're okay. the first, and wasn't NPNC yeah. on that first one, too, that we were on? I can't remember, dude. I think because so. I was going to say, if that's the I case, so. that started the relationship with Steve Coleman with us. And now being part of Fifth Man Studios See, and all the studios. I met all these people through all these avenues I did in life, whether mm-hmm. it was wrestling, music. And as the more you do more things, say I meet somebody, and then they meet somebody, and then they meet somebody from that person, and it just keeps yep. spreading out. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was going to say, so it's like through that, now you've connected us with a guy that we've done all our recordings with except the first record. Every other recording, aside from two, two other singles outside of Because I remember that. the day Steve. I met Steven. Um, all right, so this is how I got my foot in the Tremont. Um, Taylor Knox was the booker there at the time. Right. I knew Taylor from back in the day because my friend Josh Marie, who I used to wrestle with in high school, played in a band called The Fire and the Flood and a band called Cambridge, which they were a pretty big deal at the time. Okay. Um, somehow him and Taylor used to live together in a house, like a party house. Mm-hmm. So when I met Taylor, he had heard stories of me through my friend Josh. By the way, which Josh is now a chiropractor in Asheville. All right. Which, All is, right. which is weird. He's making some money now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what's it going? Oh, yeah. So I met Taylor through Josh. And I knew Taylor from the little hardcore scene days. And then I found out Lisa had left Tremont. Yep. And Taylor was doing that stuff at the time. Mm-hmm. So I just went over there and I pitched my idea to Taylor. And Taylor was kind of like iffy about it because there was another wrestling company that came through there that kind of shitted Tremont out of some money. Ooh. Okay. And um, they was like, I don't know, man. Because wrestlers have a bad rep. Yeah. You know. And I was like, just let me do this, dude. I tell you what, you guys take the whole door. Like, I don't want none of the money. It's yeah. all y'all's. And I did that first show, and it did pretty well. And then John Hayes was there. And, you know, John Hayes at the time was the owner of Tremont. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know he was he was a wrestling fan. Yeah. So he liked what I did, and he was like, hey, man, you want to do another one? It was only supposed to be a one-time thing. Like a one-time deal it was supposed to be. And then uh, – Actually, that very first show, Jeff Clayton was supposed to be a part of that show. Okay. But the week before, Joe had just died. Joe just died. Okay. So Jeff couldn't do it. Okay. So actually, when you started out doing those fireball shows, we met pretty close after that then. Because by that point, uh, after Joe's passing, I remember being pretty involved with the whole Tremont scene by that point. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. I thought you were doing that a little bit prior. That, Well, look at that. Because <laughs> I've known Jeff for... Uh, I don't even know, dude. Well, I've been a fan of the anti-scene for probably 19 years now, I guess. Good Lord. Wow. But I didn't know Jeff personally until probably, I don't know, man. My years get mixed up. So this is 2018, so that would have been like 2009 or 10. Right. So about 10 years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was having that same thought the other night. Well, I guess like two or three months ago now. (laughs) Um, <laughs> uh, well, I was. It was at the anti scene 35th anniversary, right? And I remember being at the the 20th one, uh huh. And I was at the 25th and the 30th one, and I remember thinking, I was like, man, I went to that first show 15 years ago, and that seemed so long ago to me. And then I started thinking, like in Jeff's aspect, like Jeff's been doing that for 35 years, yeah, which is a long, 
damn yeah. time. Mm-hmm. That's like I'm 31. I can't. <laughs> I, I can't. I don't even know anybody who's been married that damn long. <laughs> That is true. That, and, and the thing is, is that that is the odd thing with bands being able to stay together that long and keep it going. I mean, yeah, anyway, it was supposed to be a one time show. John Hayes liked the idea. So I started doing more and more of them. Uh, Steve came into the picture. No power, no crown. Yep. Taylor had a CD. It was a bunch of cover songs they did. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of against using them. So Taylor pitched the CD to me. He gave Steve my information. He reached out to me. I was like, yeah, 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 sure, whatever. Because I get a lot of people hitting me up back then. Yeah. So I just kind of put them in the back burner of people I'll get to. Yeah. There's a show coming up. I needed another band. So I just hit him up. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, yeah, brother, I love to do it, blah, 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 blah. So he comes and does it. And their recordings at that point in time did not do them any justice no. to what they were live. Because that, that was the show we wound up being on, too. I was like, what? I was like, man, this is going to suck music-wise. I got some old farts that they're playing music. Because <laughs> yeah, I had kind of skimmed through the recordings. Yeah. Didn't really listen. And uh, they went there and played. And I remember I was like, I was like, what in the hell? Why does he not record that stuff? Like, Well, what? see, that was the weird thing. So by that point, so we met that night. And a few weeks after, we went to the studio and cut just a random track. He was in the process of building a studio up at that point. So those demos you got were kind of the studio tests. He's been slowly building up that studio since then. And that was some of the first stuff he kind of tried tracking with. It but was, every, Steve, it was terrible. He just knows like, it is. Just, just, Your first stuff's never good. No. Record live next time. If, if you go back in time, can we do this all over? Record live. <laughs> I tried to do that first album like two or three times. Oh, yeah. I no, was there doing all of it. Um, didn't, they do, didn't he do y'all's album? Yeah. They've yeah. done all our recordings since the first one. Ever uh, After the first record, they've done all, all of them. There since. was one I, I bought from y'all. I can't remember what it was called. Uh, time is now. Is it the one with the skull on it or the girl's ass? The girl's ass. That's fifth time is the time. Of course it was the girl's ass. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Ass. Yeah, that was that, that was, was really good at like music wise. I mean, I wasn't crazy about all the songs, but like as far as music wise, recording yeah. wise, it was yeah. flawless. I was like, wow. Do you have Time Is Now? That has hit the gas, lock and load, all that on it. No, I have hit the gas. The uh, the record, the little. The vinyl. Make sure, I'll get make sure and get you the yeah, CD for you. Because I remember, dude, shit, I'm like gonna it. tell you, dude. Do you guys have a record player? Yeah, yeah. Take hit the gas and slow that so much down, dude. It sounds fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so take the 45 and play it at 33. Yeah, dude. I did that one night, man, when I was dating Bree. My fact, I think it was the night I bought the album off you or the record off you guys. Yeah. I went home and listened to it. Because I, be honest with you, I bought it because of Deadlock. Yeah. Because I, I had nothing of theirs. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I was, okay, I get that record too. Cool, cool, cool. And um, took it home, listened to it. I said, let me just fuck around, put it a little slower. And just that, like, the, the first guitar riff track. Just do it. You just, just <laughs> try that out at practice tomorrow. See what happens. <laughs> when we get done, when we get done doing this show, what's good? Listen to that record on slow. It just it's Let's fucking amazing, it. dude. <laughs> so I remember agreeing to do the show, and we showed up, and there were extensions to the stage. You had these two catwalks on the mm-hmm. left and right sides, and the way Tremont was set is you walked in, the bar was immediately in front of you and kind of diagonally kind of to your left as you continually walked in. That's what the Casbah stays. That's where the bands yeah. wound up playing. That's where you had your catwalk. But if you kind of walked in a little bit and then made a sharp right, there was the big room. And that's when like bands like Anthrax or Ghost or you know stuff of the like, th- any scene anniversary shows, that's where those bands would set up, but 
and the um, standing room areas where you would set up the uh, ring. So essentially what would happen is between the dancers and the bands, you guys would be setting up for the matches. And it was a all night thing of just music, wrestling, music, wrestling, dancing, music, wrestling. Yes. It, it was just a one of a kind thing, at least for in this area. Now, other folks listening, there may be um, bigger sponsored events like this that happen in your town. But for us, we really didn't have something like that. So you're really there's bringing only, something There's unique. only one other place. That uh, even does close to what I did, and they have a lot bigger budget. Yeah, but but that's our yeah. point: is you were bringing something yeah. so unique to Charlotte. But um, there's a company called Lucha Vavoom, and they're out of L.A. Okay, and uh, they they just started touring, like doing like you know tours, but uh, they've been running in L.A. for probably maybe twenty years now. Oh, really? And they do the wrestling, music, dancing. Yeah, not so much. So- they have music, but not so much on music. But their big thing is because they're in LA, they'll bring in like one or two celebrities to uh, do commentary. Like Jack Black, for example, is one they bring in. Oh, word. Okay. And uh, dancing, yeah, they got phenomenal dancers, dude. Like amazing, 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 amazing dancers. And would they keep the same wrestlers and com- people competing and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. A lot of, well, a lot of their guys they had have moved on to bigger things. Gotcha. But a lot of them are still the same old guys that's been there. And a lot of them are guys that used to be big that's come mm-hmm. back down. Um, but the reason I really started doing that idea was one to hang out with my friends and to see stuff I wanted to see. And then the other one is like, okay, I love most new technology, but I also feel like a lot of new technology has hurt us socialize. Cause I see so many people that sit at home who have no friends. They say they don't go out and do nothing. I'm like, dude, you got the world at your fingertips to find shit to do now. You ain't, yep. you even gotta go look. Just get on your Facebook and look. But I really like the old days, like the vaudeville days, mm-hmm. like the 1920s and 30s, that time period, where you had you were sh- there. That's why you miss it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like these shows would just come to town back then. And it would be like you know burlesque shows, probably like a full circus. You'd have wrestling and yeah. animals Side and show. yeah. yeah. I mean, and I missed that whole idea, and I wish that would come back. And my little dream was to make that happen. And I guess I was doing okay, but when we lost the building, yeah. it was... Yeah. Because yeah. I did a few shows in Gastonia, and they did really well. Mm. But the Gastonia, like a lot of people from Charlotte wasn't going to drive that far. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it is more of an alternative gig. So in a smaller town, people are not going to bite on it as much. Like yeah. You have to be in a bigger city that's more open-minded to a guy wearing a dress wrestling. And I I think that's also where people don't really understand is how important a building like Tremont was. It wasn't just another music venue that, you know, hosted, you know, medium to larger size bands. It was something that someone like you could have such an odd creative outlet because where else is there in town now to do that? There's places for bands to play. There's places for you to wrestle, but where is there a place that you well, can the, really do both properly? I ain't going to say the name of the place, but there was a place that hit me up about running Fireball's Grindhouse there. Yeah. And um, you, both of you guys know the place. Mm. It starts with a... Uh, no, you're good. Yeah, I'm going to write it down. Yeah, like, you're fine. Because I don't like traction people. You know, it starts with that letter. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> yeah, so uh, <laughs> they they hit me up about doing it, and I was like, "Yes, I would love to." That place is 
almost just as nice yeah. and kind of cool. Yeah. But then it was like, yeah, just give us $5,000 up front and you can run here. That sounds yep. about right. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I was like, what? I've, I've, I've reached out to that place uh, before about just trying to book a show there, and they gave me the same thing, just about putting a local showcase together. I was like, $5,000? I said, dude, if we sell tickets at $100 a pop, we might make $5,000. Yeah. <laughs> but nobody's going to come for $100 a pop. No. You know, so I was like. I love you to death, but I would have not gone to that show no. for 100 bucks. I was like, a cool 20, 25 was worth it. That was, was well worth it. I was like, $5,000? I've never made that no one of them shows. Yeah. I, was, I wish. I know everybody thought we was rolling in money, but I promise me we wasn't. No, most shows we didn't get paid. Because I'll be honest, if it wasn't for. I think jo- we got like 20 bucks one show. Because if it wouldn't have been for John being so kind that he was at the time, yeah. and Shane looking up for me, and Taylor looking up for me, I probably couldn't afford to do those shows. Yeah. Because they were cutting me a, a heck of a door deal. No, Tremont always did good, especially for people that they saw were putting in a bunch of hard work and actually doing it themselves and not just kind of half-assing it. If they could tell it wasn't a hobby that you're really I, no, passionate I, I, about I'll, something. I'll tell the truth. I guess it's been, what, five years now, four years since it went out of business? Roughly so I guess I can tell the truth day, now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I never paid a dime to get that building when I was running there. Yeah. I knew other companies that wrestled to work there. They had to pay five hundred dollars to a thousand dollars to oh, run yeah, there. It's a larger company. Um, I never paid a dime. My deal was it was always fifty fifty with the door. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was one night, um, I had booked a show because I I paid like whoever the headliner band was. I'd pay like pretty well. And I say well, I mean like a hundred two hundred dollars as well. Yeah, you know, you know, and like the top whatever the main event was. I always make sure they got paid because usually the main event was the crazier matches. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, we'll get into that in just a second. So uh, there was one night, dude, I, I remember the show very well. I thought was, I thought it was going to draw crazy. The main event was me and Mike Levy and a barbed wire match. I remember that one. And the one the bands had booked was uh, Dirty South Revolutionaries. Uh-huh. So I, I was like, this, this show is going to draw fucking good. It drew 23 people. Yep. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I, I think it that, was because the date. I think it was close to something. No, it, it was it was a it was a good it was September 13th. It was the weekend yeah. after Labor. It was a good weekend. Yeah. And um that was a weird night. I'll go I'll tell that whole story in a minute. I guess I can tell these stories now. So that night came to an end. I saw Taylor and Shane count out the money. I was like, guys, just don't even count it. Yeah. Let's pretend like this never happened. <laughs> y'all, y'all keep the money, yeah, and I'll just go my own way. Uh, that same night, we worked it into an angle. Um, me and John got in a legit fight backstage, yeah, over something, and oh, of wow. course we we resolved it like within within like with twenty minutes, yeah. Okay, but that was legit heat. Heat is wrestling term for like fucking pissed at each other, right? <laughs> um, like there was a, we got we fucking it was furious, dude. And it was nothing that John did. It was nothing I did. It was just two heads button. Yeah. Because I was, I came around, I was mad about something. I can't remember what it was, but I was mad about something. And John had just got the news that day that they were going out of business. Yeah. Oh. And John had totally told him, he told me that night. And he was like, don't tell nobody. Was that the one where you had a whole bunch of the commentators up on the stage? Was it that night? Maybe. It was the night that when that happened, I let things get really crazy that night. I let everybody get in the fucking ring because we didn't know there was going to be another one. I was there. I was there for that one. I'm trying to remember it. Because there was two more after that one, but we didn't know there was going to be another one. 
Because right. John had John didn't know when the date was going to be right. for them, pretty much closing the doors. Right. And uh, so all that came with that night, and John told me he said, like, "Don't tell nobody." So I didn't tell nobody, and so mm. everybody kept, and it made it so bad was, I had people hitting me up the book shows in mm. December and January mm. and February. Yeah. Matter of fact, you was one of them. Yeah, probably. And I couldn't <laughs> say that. I was like, I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. See, I, okay, I remember that distinctly now. Let me tell you what I thought on that side, okay? So, because it wasn't that big, I, I remember that now. We were actually on that show. I'm pretty sure I was on that one. And I remember hitting you up going, I want to do it again. When you went, yeah, we'll see about that. I'm sitting here going, motherfuckers acting like this because it wasn't packed out. And now he's trying to blame me for this? <laughs> no, because I didn't know what it was going to be. I mean, I had yeah. the dates picked, but we didn't know what was going to happen. And then... uh and then everybody knows what happened. You know? Yeah, yeah, it still stuck around for a little longer. But uh, it's a damn so shame. So there, were two more months, three more months. What it was? Well, one of the things I did want to talk about though were those matches because there was a few times, at least from the audience point of view, it got really hairy there for a minute. Yeah, y'all were doing some ECW shit. Now, I yeah, do there like were, it. There was there was some. Now, I do like match. it hairy, baby. There. there <laughs> <laughs> there there were some Lego matches, some um, fluorescent bulb matches. The one that I remember, there, there's one I remember real distinctly. I don't remember if it was you because I, there's one I remember where you got real bad messed up. But there was one night where a match had to be called early because someone got so messed up. It had to do with that kitchen sink. I was in that one. That Was was that you? It wasn't me. It was a guy named Terry Houston. Okay. I, okay, that's yeah. why I remember it then. Yeah, what what went down on that one? Because it, it, y'all did wind up cutting that a little soon. Yeah, that whole match lasted a total of five minutes and twenty three seconds. Wow. <laughs> um, it was a three way dance, street fight, which means each person gets to bring a weapon with them to the ring, and then there's like other stuff placed throughout for you to use. Yeah. And uh, it was me, a guy named Hardcore Terry Houston. And a dude that is a legit monster named Mosey Kumawa. Yeah. Big yeah. fucking giant black. I was dude. wanting to say it was Mosey, but at the it same was. time I didn't I didn't want to say that and be wrong. But yeah. So uh that. we're doing the match and I had kind of gave a hint to the commentary at the time before I said, Listen, I have a kitchen sink out there. So I need you to say they're using everything but the kitchen sink. <laughs> <laughs> so when you do that, I know to go get the kitchen sink. Right. Oh, boy. And so we're we're fighting, we're brawling. Actually, I broke my toe that night too. Really? Yeah. Again. But, but hey, it's all fake. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> um. In fact, I broke my toe like one minute into that match. And uh, so Damn. so I do that spot. I break my toe. I roll to the side. Uh, my friend Richie says they're using everything but the kitchen sink. So I get the kitchen sink. Mosey cuts me off. Um, I dropped the sink. I rolled to the other side. I'm nursing my foot. My foot was hurting like hell. Yeah. I didn't know it was broken, but I knew something was wrong. So something goes down. I come back around the ring and I see Terry laying there and there is like enough blood. That I'm not even, oh. I don't even, know how to even explain it. I've never seen that much blood in my okay, life. Okay. So, yeah. so I actually had like front row seat to that. So because that happened? So say you walk right into the room from the bar yeah. that happened, uh, bottom left. And yeah. that's, that's right where my row of seats were. So I was sitting right there and yeah, 
It, it was one of those things where I was looking at it going, they've never used fake blood before, but there is a lot on the ground. Because <laughs> you guys will juice. You guys will, you know, it's it's part of it. But I'm just looking at that going, oh, God, they're really going all out tonight. And finally, like, you could, there's there was that shift in the room of, like, vibe where all of a sudden people are like, oh, this isn't. This isn't cool anymore. Yeah. <laughs> or like it got too real. Yeah. Because I remember I walked around the ring and I was like, what the fuck is all this? Yeah. Like it was just like, like I never, I've never seen that much blood in my life. <sighs> it was like pooling up black. Yeah, like it was, it was yeah. like that, that was dark. like a kiddie pool of blood. Like yeah. Just, and I was like, what the fuck happened? Like, who's dead? And I looked over and I saw Terry laying there. And I was like, well, we have to get him out of here. So I'm going to go ahead and just. Pin him. And, uh, yeah, because he didn't whop him with the sink. He let go of the sink. Yeah. And it went long. So Terry's over there. So Yikes. me and Mosey start hitting each other. And I'm going to break the kayfabe wire for a minute. Um, so me and Mosey hitting each other. And the whole time I'm trying to tell Mosey, I'm like, dude, we need to get Terry out of here. We need to get Terry out of here. Like, yeah. it's bad. So Mosey's like, all right, take control. So I start punching Mosey. I think I hit Mosey with a sledgehammer in the stomach or something. To get him out of there. <laughs> a little revenge. A little so revenge I go tap. over and I tell Terry, like, Terry, you out. He's like, no, nah, I'm still good. I said, no, dude, you out. You got to go. Yeah. So I pinned him. He was pretty pissed about it. But I pinned him. And I guess he went to the back. I guess his girlfriend uh, came and took care of him. So, and unfortunately for me, when that happened was, I didn't even know about this. Mosey had some uh, bamboo, bamboo skewers, barbecue sticks. I oh, I remember too. that yeah, one yeah. too. So I, I turned around, he kicks me in the stomach and starts stabbing these fuckers in the top of my head. Yes. And uh, I had the footage at the house. I wish I should put it online. It's been like four Send years. Send it to me and I'll yeah, post dude. it on our page. Um, so I walk around the ring with these things sticking out of my head. Uh-huh. And I remember it hurt so bad. I went to go pull them out and like my forehead was pulling with it. Yeah. I was oh. like, fuck. I was like, I got to get these out of here before he hits me again and, like, breaks them <laughs> off in there. And uh, I remember I broke them off and then threw them out. And then, uh, actually, I pretty much did that same match again at that one Mandalorian event. If you, mm-hmm. I'll tell you the whole idea. Yeah. Hit me with the barbecue skewers. I get to the ring. I cut you off. I chuck you out with something to win. Yeah. That night, I cut Mosey off, put a plastic bag over his face, and I won. Yeah. At the one mainland event, the same concepts. So I used a chain around Mike Levy's neck uh-huh. and okay. dug him over the top rope and chuck him in one. Yeah. So I did nice. the same match pretty much twice, <laughs> but nobody fucking knew about it. <laughs> sometimes I, it's like music, man. There's sometimes I have five matches I do, mm-hmm. and sometimes I do like I have these matches. I'm this is the match I'm doing. It's like a Motorhead song. Yeah, it's I'm, like a set list. Yeah, I'm doing this match this week, and if you yeah. don't, if you follow me every week, you be like, I've seen. I give you an example. Well, it's the same thing as like if you follow a band, they're going to tell every city they're the best city. Well, see, in the old days, nobody ever caught on to those routines, and then when TV started getting really big for pro wrestling, people started catching on to like special moves and stuff. Right. For example, yeah, Ric yeah. Flair. Everybody knows Ric Flair doesn't get thrown into the turnbuckle, flip over the top, and get clothesline, and roll out and run down the aisle. Right. You know, every time that's going to happen. You know, when he goes to the top rope, they're going to cut him off. And throw him off every time. Mm-hmm. But see, no days nobody knew that. But then when you see it 
every week on TV, you're like four seven and everything with all the coverage yeah. that it got. Then it's yeah. like, wait a minute, he's doing that same spot a thousand times. Mm-hmm. He's wooing every time he does something. So <laughs> it started become like a catch case, which which worked out for wrestling. Yeah, but back before there was big TV exposure, nobody knew those things happened. Mm-hmm. Much like if you're, uh, it's like always oh, about to do the thing. He's about to do the thing. Like if you're just a person that goes to a concert once in a blue moon, like say one one every two years. Yeah. When you go to that concert, it means so much more to you because you really feel like you connected with that band. Because mm-hmm. that band's like, you know, this is the best crowd we ever had. Yeah. And all you people make us yeah. want to come back here again. But if you've been to enough Charlotte, shows. we love you. you know, I've been to shows where I followed a band like three towns in a row. Yeah. And they'll say the same things, you know, word for word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, this is what it is. Yeah. Uh, there's this one band called the. The Phil Nuts, the Phil Bo- the Phil Ins. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those guys suck. Yeah, they suck. Who? I watched them try to play a song called Saturday Night something on a Sunday night one time. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, what kind of build up is this? <laughs> hey, we, we made it work. Be like, hey, it's time to party like a Saturday night, even if it's a Sunday. You did. I remember. I was like, we make it work. Oh, was that that show? Was that the show with a uh, goat and your mom? I think so. Did y'all play that? Yeah, we played that. It was y'all in DSR, right? Yeah, DSR was yeah. on. That. Yeah. yeah. That was a weird show. That was fun, though. It was, that was a yeah. fun show. But one of the other matches I remember, Morgan had to come to your rescue on. What what happened on that show? I don't remember that one. That yeah. was the one where... There's a lot of people got, to my rescue. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you, you got fucked up. I think it was one of the uh, crown matches. Trying to be the king that, of That wouldn't have been me, because I was never in those matches. Were you never in those? Mm-hmm. There was one, though, where you did get bad messed up, and a few folks, like, even on your team were yelling, towels, towels. Was that Which one was the one where Mosey took his fucking underwear off? And his oh, God, yeah. I think it was that show. Okay, that would have been probably Blood Red Summer. Was, okay. it, was it me and a, a dude named Seth and a no-canvas deathmatch, maybe? It, it was definitely one of the deathmatches. Like, like, no, like, we pulled all the ring up. It's just wood. Clayton was in it. What, no, what, I don't think out. he it was in it. He was hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, that was that night then. Because I remember okay. Necro Butcher would have been there. That's why Clayton came. Okay, yeah. Because I remember talking to Jeff afterwards, and it was like, <laughs> I wish I could do Jeff's voice, but. Uh, <laughs> I can't do it either. What the hell was that? <laughs> don't worry about it. Beavis? Jeff's hey. never sounded like that. No. <laughs> Try to do the laugh. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but anyway, I remember Jeff told me, he was like, what the hell, man? I came to a wrestling show when. I walk in, I see a black dude naked on top of the damn ring rope. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Dude, that caught everyone by surprise. We were like, whoa, did not know we were going to see Mosey's dick tonight. When that spike came up, we were backstage talking because I wrote almost everything that happened on that. Yeah. And uh, I said, all right, guys, so what do y'all want to do? And uh, Mosey was like, well, I want to do something that's going to catch their attention. <laughs> and I jokingly said, I was like, just take your boots off and wrestle barefooted. Yeah. He's like, what? I said, yeah, just take your boots off. Like, hit him with your boot. Throw your boot to the side. Just wrestle barefooted. People think that's weird. <laughs> He's like, what if I take my pants off? I was like, I don't want to know anymore. Because if I don't know, I ain't got to lie and say I did know. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't going to be responsible. Yeah. Because <laughs> the night before that happened, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The night before that happened, there was a show at. Tremont uh-huh. Murder Junkies The Murder Junkies Which actually uh, let, Let's uh, sidetrack a little bit There's a documentary out on Showtime In the Showtime Yeah Showtime uh, Called um, uh, It's a Gigi Allen documentary And there were people filming there that night 
So there's actually uh, footage on the uh, HBO Showtime documentary of the Gigi Allen family documentary from that show. At so, Tremont, yeah. yeah. So, a yeah, good so chunk th- of it. So the night before, uh, as you were mentioning, the Murder Junkies played Tremont, and one of Dino's, th- uh, their drummer's things, is at the end of the show, uh, he likes to get a drumstick or two and get a beautiful member of the audience, in this case, uh, what looked like a cracked-out Ellie Mae Clampett chick. was hanging out. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> she got pulled up on stage. He handed her the drumsticks, and she got to insert them into his booty hole. Yeah. So, uh, so the night before, we had already got to see some pretty crazy wild action at Tremont. And Dino's playing butt naked on the drum kit anyway. Oh yeah, but yeah. it's the murder junkies. We were expecting it. It's like well, it was, I remember Shane. But see, that's the thing so though. Pissed about it. We were expecting it. We were expecting it at the murder junkie show. We know what's up there. We come to a fireball wrestling show. We want to see some titties and ass. Not dick. <laughs> and we got well, dick. I don't discriminate. I tell you, there's nothing about that show. Okay. And when Mosey pulled his dick out, I turn around to Clayton. I look at him. I go, two dicks in one weekend at Tremont. What the fuck? <laughs> All right, there's a, a funny story about that. Okay. Um, I'm going to say it's funny. It's kind of fucked up. Um, <laughs> Some of the best funny stories there, are There's a guy up. named Ed Zahn. He's an older dude, probably in his 60s. He used to work for ECW back in the day. Oh, wow. He lives here in the Charlotte area, and he had hit me up wanting to come to the show. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, man, I'd love for you to come. I know who he is. We know each other from passing, you know, and stuff. I was like, I'd love for you to come to the show. He's like, well, I have two daughters. Uh, one's 15 and one's 16. Can I bring them? Mm-hmm. I said, uh, yeah, but it's kind of an 18 and up show. It gets pretty graphic. But he's, he's a pretty cool dad. Like, he's a pretty cool guy. Okay. And um, he's like, I said, I tell you what, I'll talk to the guy that owns the club, and i ask him if it's okay if you're there with them, you sign off a waiver, they come in. And, um, of course, it all went down that way. So they come in, and that spot comes up. Oh, and no. I had forgot they were there. I, mean, I was behind the curtain oh, watching. No. I was like, fuck. <laughs> There's like a 15-year-old girl sitting in the crowd. And uh, I remember watching. And, and, and let's pause again. We said Mosey was, you know, big. How tall is he? Um, Probably 6'5". And he is a big probably, motherfucker. Probably 350, yeah. 400 pounds. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much he weighs because it's hard to tell because he's so tall. Yeah. So, you know. But but he, he is a yeah. tank of a human being. He's a pretty big dude. Yeah, he's pretty pretty freaking big. <laughs> and uh, he loves big, fat booties. <laughs> just, just throwing that out there? <laughs> hey, context. <laughs> Yeah, well, who doesn't really? I mean, fair enough. But th- so that happens, and they're in the audience. Did you did you get any sort of feedback about that afterward? Um, not really. I just I remember just Ed didn't say nothing about it. I just remember thinking I was like, hmm. Oh well, we all, we all gotta grow up sometime. <laughs> Can't come back from this. But the more I know about that about Ed, uh, he's a pretty cool guy, and uh, yeah. his daughter. Matter of fact, one of them is probably like I guess she's like twenty now, twenty one. She's a photographer who travels a pretty good bit and does like photo stuff for wrestling now. So. Oh wow! Yeah. So, so Nate like it fucked them up or anything? I don't think it did. <laughs> I mean, but then again, she does take pictures of wrestlers. I mean, wrestling's a pretty fuck. I'll be honest with you, I love wrestling, but wrestling is a fucked up thing. It is. It Entertainment is. in general is just a fucked up it industry. Is. Yeah, I mean, what's the nicest way to say this? Um. So you guys all know all the stuff going on in Hollywood. I guess it's about a year ago now with the whole casting couch stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I try to tell people, I was like, dude, that exists on any kind of level of entertainment you in. 
people make you do shit that you know maybe not fucking you in the ass, <laughs> you know. But there's stuff you have to do to get on some things. Oh yeah, and you whether have, it be sucking up to the boss yeah. and being the best salesman yeah. or you know whatever you, you're, you're mean, doing that in some way, shape, or form. I was know. like, there's been times I've done shows where I had to do things I did not want to do just to get on that fucking show. There were bands I wanted to be in I didn't want to be in just because I knew it would be good opportunities and just wanted to be able to play. Like one of my first bands when I was in Roanoke, Virginia horrible like Rob Zombie kind of rip off band but it's like they we needed to How guitars. dare you talk about the body bags? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling. <laughs> and those and those guys just needed a guitarist. It was easy music and they were going to be touring though. So I was like begrudgingly agreeing. But it, so yeah, but it still got me out there, got me road experience at a real young age. So it's like I still did things I didn't want to do just cuz I knew it would So you're from Virginia? Done. No, I was born in I was born and raised in Charlotte. Spent some time in Gaffney, South Carolina. Moved back to Sorry Charlotte. To yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, and then moved back to Charlotte, and then moved to Roanoke, Virginia, for a few years. And then by the time I was old enough to move out on my own, I came back to Charlotte. Huh? You learn something new every day. So we got Nutbush. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> your little story. <laughs> so I got, can I ask some questions? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I know you're not even in this story. I'm about to ask you, but I'm still going to ask you this question. Okay. So how did your mom and Jeff meet? That's not really like I'm not in the story. Uh, they Mom moved to Charlotte in the... I got to get her on the show. She would have some great stories. Uh, from the best of my knowledge, she moved to Charlotte in the 80s, met up with some friends, and they were like, hey, come to the Milestone. She went to the Milestone a few times, kind of got wrapped in with that crowd, and then heard about Annie's scene, and it wasn't at the Milestone, but saw them somewhere else, and became friends with Jeff and Joe, and it just ever since then, I think it was... It was less than 20 shows in for Annie scene that she saw them the first time. It was like huh. un- less than 20 shows in for them. Dude, talking about uh, just old stuff. Um, I was looking at some, it's, it's been like a two or three years ago probably, but uh, I was looking at some old photos of anti scene and Joe young, when he was a younger dude, Look so fucking cool. I mean, mm-hmm. he just looked like such a cool dude. He was the epitome <laughs> of just Joe cool. I mean, yeah, I was, I was just like, the typical joke. Like, there's like one thing they're doing. Like, it's some kind of talk show. It's Jeff and Joe. Oh, uh, like, the Joe's, why be something you're not thing where they did the live music and the interviewer just seems so off put by them the entire time. I, I just remember what Joe was wearing. He had like on like, like a work shirt. Yeah. Like, like he was a mechanic. Uh-huh. Like, a, like a black leather glove. Oh, yeah. I've seen I was this. like, what the hell kind of 1985 cool shit is this? <laughs> <You know? laughs> nah, he, he was definitely a character. And Jeff looked like a guy that would probably rob a supermarket back then. <laughs> like some guy just hard up on cash. He had kicked out the biker gang he was in. <laughs> like he looks like he'd be like a small town criminal, like on uh, Law and Order, right? <laughs> Damn. Well, man, because uh, since the uh, Fireball Wrestling shows really don't get to happen anymore, what do you currently have going on aside from just your typical matches? Um. Well, I eat a lot of sandwiches. Uh huh. <laughs> no, I do these shows now. Finger bang a lot of women. I wish it was a lot. <laughs> um, it's good many, but <laughs> 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 not enough. You know? Just, just, just for clarification. Yeah. For any of you ladies listening, um, <laughs> if you want to get these sweet nothings yes. in your ear, oh god! If you want to get finger bang, I know a guy. 
who can help you out. <laughs> but I don't Her name imagine is Lady Fireball. <laughs> I, don't, I don't imagine. I don't imagine ladies have that problem finding dudes to finger bang them. Right. Yeah. They could do that themselves anyway. Say, they don't need yeah, but dudes it's not, for that. But it's not the same. Right. It's better when they do it because they know exactly what they want. In and out two minutes. Uh, not Knock way, it out. Not the way I'm doing it, baby. I used to play I bass. I know you take forever. You don't know where it is. I used to play bass. <laughs> I got this. I figured it out. I used to play bass. <laughs> I just joke. I used, say, that, I used to always say, if you're a bass player, you're really good at fingering chicks. Is that what we're gonna call it now? Slapping that bass. Slapping the bass. <laughs> hey, you gotta hit that little humbugger, baby. <laughs> um, what were they talking about? Oh yeah, what do you have going on in your life other than smacking that humbucker? <laughs> um, wow. Um, <laughs> so I've been doing these like little shows here and there at the Milestone. Uh huh. That are pretty much the same concept of the Fireballs Greenhouse Wrestling Show, just minus the wrestling. Right. You know, it's still music and girls and, you know, burlesque. And, and one thing is with the music, when I do music at a show, is uh, it's never the same style band on the show. I have like four or five different genres every time just about. Yeah. You know, I'll do like a rap act, some indie act, a punk act. Metal. Some metal, some shit. I don't know what the fuck you would call it. That would be Dr. Sugarstein. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck you call them, guys. Um, Captain Beefheart so shit. Yeah. I've been doing that. Um, I still wrestle almost every other weekend. I do burlesque here and there when somebody hits me up. I don't, I don't really put my name out there for the for right it. price. Yeah, yeah, free. <laughs> <laughs> so well, you who? Well, you know if you're uh, if you're doing burlesque, there's girls there. Really, there is, and um, it really leads up to some great finger banging. <laughs> 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 oh. oh man well speaking of i know you're a busy man you got some shit to do tonight so i think it's about time to start wrapping yeah it's up almost new year's eve i gotta get ready for that <laughs> yeah speaking well, about new year's eve uh are you guys gonna go to that uh new year's eve show at the milestone well unfortunately uh when this airs we're gonna be in west virginia playing the felons we're gonna be playing a new year's show the 29th up there so unfortunately but the day the after first. this comes out the thirty first, possibly. That's I mean, that's New Year's. They're, they're having. A well, New I didn't Year's know if you were having it the weekend before. No, there there's a new New Year's Eve show at the Milestone. Uh huh. It's Andy the Doorbum. Uh huh. Uh, whatever John uh, Battleship Hughes's new band is. Okay. And there's somebody else. It's you guys should just come. Everybody oh, come. Word. Yeah, definitely. And drink with me, and I will bring your girlfriend. She might leave you. Finger banger. Well, guys, let's go ahead and wrap this up and dig into our Spotify playlist and figure out what the fuck have we been listening to? What you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. <laughs> Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. <laughs> Thank you for not saying You're welcome. <laughs> All right. This week, I'm going to go kind of a little bit off script. I've been picking a bunch of rock and roll bands lately, but uh, because next week, uh, because we're doing a show at the rim next week, uh, we're going to be talking with Brad from the rim and he's going to be helping us do our uh, best albums of the year. For and sure. I, and I think what we needed to do, and I'm going to go and throw this out now. Okay. Do our top three. 
And if you want, you can have two runner-ups that we're not going to delve into. Be like, my two runner-ups are this and this because blah, 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 blah. Some honorable mentions. Yeah, honorable mentions. But I'd say a top three of the year. Cool. Top three of the year. So, um, we'll plan on doing that with Brad next week. Uh, So, what I've been listening to this week has actually been the new Blondie record, Pollinator. Uh, That came out in May of last year. Okay. And... I thoroughly enjoy it because I enjoy some early Blondie, and to me, this album really does hit. It's like classic Blondie with a current twist, and it's actually really good. Debbie Harry still has her voice. It still feels... The age shows. I would so finger bang her. <laughs> <laughs> Even now? Yeah. <laughs> Debbie Harry was. <laughs> I look, she's still fucking kind of attractive, and... She was fucking hot back then, and oh yeah. I mean, I don't discriminate. She's probably better now than she was when she was younger, because maybe now her heart ain't made of glass. <laughs> uh, well, the title, oh, well, the first track on here, "Doomer Destiny," Joan Jett actually sings with her, and they did a music video together too. I would let Joan Jett <laughs> finger bang me. There you go. <laughs> and there's some other great stuff like uh, "Already Naked." Hey, there you go. She's ready for you, Fireball. Sounds too easy. I don't want it. <laughs> and the last song on here called Fragments. Uh, it starts out real slow, but then it really kicks in with like this really cool synth and like piano riff and everything. I'll have to check that out. I've still been, uh, you've been talking about that for a while. And that and song's haven't. cool because Debbie cusses in it and she kind of has like a punk rock kind of fuck in it. She, she goes, fucking prove it. And it's just like, whoa, hell yeah, Debbie. She's still got the fire. She's going to finger bang you. Yeah, she's definitely going to finger bang you. <laughs> hey, as long as there's a finger and a bang involved, we'll make it work. <laughs> so that's what I've been listening to this week. Captain, what you got for us? Well, when putting the uh, Spotify playlist together, uh, I've noticed you added on Velvet Revolver, and I've been listening to Libertad on a regular basis Ooh, since then, just because yeah. I haven't listened to that album in a long time and forgot how fucking good it is. And it's probably my favorite of the two uh, records they put out. It, it was really damn good. I I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed that one. The first record, Contraband, that had some good stuff in it, like, wasn't set me free on that. Set one. me free was on it. There were some yeah. jams on it for sure, but this one was more consistently, you know, more glam rock than the yeah, other one. Yeah, it definitely one. felt more classic rock than just them trying to be a current rock and roll band with that first record. For sure, I think uh, Mary Mary is my favorite on there. Uh, the cover of Can't Get It Out of My Head, the yellow yeah, that's, that's on cool. there is really good. And did you ever stick around after uh, Grave Dancer was over with? Don't drop that dime. See, I dug the fuck out of that one too. Sweet Caroline, oh my, don't drop that dime on me tonight. There you go. <laughs> well, what you been listening to, Fireball? Um, there's this band. They just broke up, actually. Um, and I just discovered them like this year. They're a band out of Texas called uh, Black Grass Gospel. All right. I like the name. And uh, you would love the music. Well, all right. <laughs> I promise you you would. Uh, but listen to them. They're like, uh, it's like a bluegrass with some punk to it. I guess folk punkish. All right. Dark grass, whatever you want to call it. Kind of like Goddamn Gallows or something like that. Yeah, Zach Damondo. That would definitely be it. Cool. Um, yeah, you would love it. Excellent. Um, but they got a song called, uh, well, I'm not sure that's the name of it. But the song, the, I think the name was called Eat the Living. And it's just a full, a cool fucking song, and the the whole album's pretty good. Um, as far as I know, they only have one album out. Um, I saw them at Muddy Roots Festival this past year, 
But yeah, that's what I've been listening to. Muddy yeah. Roots has been killing in the last few years with their lineups. They really have. So, so uh, this year, 2019 coming up, they were supposed to have the Buzzcocks play. Yeah. And then, of course, and then Pete know, Shelley, yeah. R.I.P. Uh, yeah, I've been listening to a band called uh, Black Grass Gospel. Well, we'll definitely have to check that one out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, as always, we always tell people to throw the hashtag something good for you on your social media posts, which, by the way, if you're on Instagram, what's your tag? I'm not. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm so old. I just do Facebook. All right. Never and if it wasn't for you don't, my... You don't get a fancy <laughs> plug, then. Yeah, if it Follow Justin Fireball on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. If it wasn't for way. my... Uh, Ex 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 girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even have a fucking Facebook. She taught me to get in a Facebook. Really? So yeah. Triple X girlfriend. Well, again, guys, if you do have anything good to share with us, just throw that hashtag on there. Something good for ya. Y a. It's the title of the show. Just take out the spaces, y'all. And if you've got something to share with us, like hey, uh, if you've got a Christmas story to share of something that happened to you this year, why don't you give us a call on the voicemail and we'll put it on the show. Maybe you have an old Christmas memory. Uh, we have a lot of stuff planned for the voicemail in the coming year. Uh, we've gotten a few messages and we're holding on to them. Uh, <laughs> so we're figuring out what we want to do with it because uh, you guys have been really awesome and we want to make sure and do this upright. So we're going to have some really cool segments with those voicemails. So keep them coming. We're loving them and we're gonna if you got a topic for us if you got just something to add to the show if you have anything even if it's just a bitch at us give us a call at 513-463-7439 sgfy see i actually got a phone number with sgfy in it i'm pretty proud of that (laughs) nerd (laughs) well justin fireball thank you again so much for coming in this rinky dink studio and spending some time with us (laughs) (laughs) we gotta come back because i have a feeling uh the audience is really gonna like you so i'm not i have no reason to jack you off you're not doing these shows anymore i don't get invited so i have no reason to jack you off you're just a a great friend get a steady drummer and i'll buy you some shows oh hey i've been trying i've been trying i know you have well captain nun do you have an outro for us yes thank you to daniel mick for providing us with production assistance there you go (laughs) see you guys next week
This has been another amazing production from the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.